London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible. How are we doing on this great Wednesday afternoon? My name is Hayden Joyner, and this is Off the Bench where we will be bringing you the latest sports stories and headlines across the nation. I'm joined with my co-host, Jamison Hartso today, as always. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, Twitter, at OffTheBenchXLR. As well, if you are not able to stay for this, entire, for this entire episode, you can check us out on iTunes or Google Play Music or Spotify for our podcast. Just search up Off The Bench, and you will see our logo there. But we have had a very, very entertaining week in sports. But I'm going to start it off with the big news that came to Lander University last night. Our Lander women's basketball team went up to Clemson last night and defeated the Clemson Tigers 74-72 to on a game-winning shot by Marianne Ricarde. So congratulations, Lander, Baske- Lander women's basketball, for that huge win. Uh, Jameson, as a Clemson fan, I don't know how you feel about this one with your home school and your, your favorite school playing against each other, but... Uh, you know, it's it's always good. You know, I love a good game, good basketball game. Great, great, great uh, basketball game that the Lander University pulled out. Uh, but uh, you know, the Clemson basketball team is a really, really good team. Um, they went, they went, they enter were were in the uh, the NCAA tournament last year. They were number ninth. They lost in the second round. Um, but uh, just a really, really good game. It is preseason, so it is really early. And there's a lot of basketball games to be mm-hmm. played in this basketball season, so um, it, it'll be interesting. I think I think Lander has a very very good women's basketball team this year, to say the least. Yes, against a Division One opponent, huge victory nonetheless. But speaking of Division One sports, we are going to go into college football as we always do every week on the show. And this week was action packed with some huge games. We had three top ten teams fall this weekend. So, Jameson, I'm going to start it off with not news with the college football, but the biggest news possibly that came out a couple days ago, and that is that the NCAA uh, Board of Governors voted unanimously to allow athletes to, and I'm quoting this, to benefit from their use of their name, image, and likeness. We've talked about this on the show uh, a couple episodes already, but now we finally have a big vote on here, and it's caused to go into effect in January of 2021. So I know you've been kind of an advocate for them not getting paid. So I want to get your opinion on this. That now, now they're they're not giving them paychecks for games. I'm going to state that they're not giving them game checks, but they're going to let going to allow the players to go out and do their own things to make money off like their personal image. If that makes sense. Well, um, that's the century that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are in everybody making the most money, and how are they going to do that? And it's all about. It's all about the other person, or it's all it's all about us. It's mm-hmm. uh, we're living in a, in a in a country where it's all about me, 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 me. How can I get this? How can I do this? How can I do that? And I mean that's that's where we've came to. Um, <laughs> college players, I've said multiple occasions that college athletes should not be getting paid. I mean, are you going to go pay that swimmer that swims her butt off? every single tournament and she's going to not get a dime because who knows what swimming is right and so it's a lot of uh controversy and you know i still think there's a lot of things that needs to be worked out 
And uh, I know NCAA uh, still has a lot of things to talk about for sure. Yeah, like we've talked about this on the show before, and I've made the comparison. But I mean, this isn't this isn't going to affect the twenty twenty one. So I think they they still have some kinks to work out. That's the reason for that extended date. But I mean, I've said on the show before, like I, me personally, I don't have a problem with like this situation where they get paid off of their likeness. Like I get, I get the opinion like, oh, they're going to become self-centric and not like be a team player possibly. That's certainly a cause for things. But like I've, I've compared this to like media and art students before, like where I'm like, oh, you, you have an art student on scholarship, but they can also go out and enter like art competitions and sell their own work. And you have media students who can go enter film festivals or stuff like that, and they're still allowed to. As well as, like, normal students, you know, you can – normal students can be on academic scholarships. They can still go out to McDonald's across the street and get a job. So that's kind of similar, similar-esque to what this is. It's like, oh, if like, oh, you have Trevor Lawrence, he can go out to the local mall in Clemson or whatever and sign T-shirts for $10 a pop. They, he can now do that with this new law. But then you can also have, like, the punter on the Clemson team, who people might not know – Except for like diehard Clemson fans, I don't know who the punter is, but he could go to his hometown where he's probably known and do a little punting camp for middle schoolers and make some cash off of that. So this this this, in my opinion, just kind of allows him to to venture out, make some more money. But it, it is it is a definitely a, a controversial topic in the college yeah. football world. And then and then after after they're getting paid for their lightness, they're they're going to get paid. I'll give you $100,000 if you go out there and play your butt off in this national championship so Clemson can get another ring. I mean, it's it's going to come it's it's going to develop a lot more controversies in the future. Um because this and that happened and it's just going to open up so many more debates, votes and I mean, they're they're the NCAA is asking for it. That's all I can say. Um, when, when you say like they're gonna pay like him a hundred thousand dollars to go play his butt off, are you saying like sponsor deals or like people betting on him? Or? No, yeah, bets. I mean, I mean sports betting. Yeah. Sports betting is already a thing though. But I don't know. it's gonna get like personal. Yeah, you're saying it, it's gonna be like a personal thing. It'll, it'll it'll it. All I'm saying is it's going to open up so many more things that we don't see right now. Nobody sees it. NCAA doesn't see it. The Congress that doesn't have a freaking clue about football and sports, um, they don't see it. Nobody's going to see it until it happens, and then it's going to bring attention to everybody's eyes, and that's whenever the controversy is going to happen. What exact like what exact controversy are you are you thinking? Of? Uh, I'm uh, that's what I'm Just, saying. You, you, you don't, you don't oh, you know. Don't. No, nobody's going to know until it happens, and then when it happens, something. It's gonna it's gonna go it's downhill. Like, yeah, I, okay. I promise. I, I you've seen it in every other sport, every every way. Whenever you open up something brand new, there's always gonna be kinks. There's always gonna be people going, working their way around the bush, and uh, that's 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 life for you. Um, people are gonna do that. They're gonna they're gonna go right around the uh, rules, and um, they're gonna push the rules, and it's just gonna create more rules. And it's it's just going to go downhill. I, I I can see it. I can already see it. Well, we definitely have. We have talked about this issue plenty of times on the show. So I'm going to transition off of this because I'm sure we've talked about this so much. It's it's definitely it's full on our Instagram. We have like two or three <laughs> clips personally on the on this debate. Make but, sure you check us out off the bench. Shakes oh yes, of course. Just a little <laughs> pushing just that check, in. Yeah, a little little <laughs> self plug in there. But I'm going to move on to the the actual sport that we are talking about, and that is football with college football and. We, I mentioned earlier how we had three top ten teams lose this weekend. 
one of which possibly the biggest upset was Oklahoma losing to Kansas State 41-48 to in a huge shootout game. Um, Oklahoma dropped in the polls or in the rankings now. To number 10. To number 10, yeah. So they're still top 10, but they are far out of that college football playoff range. Uh, they hope to, to gain back those spots in the upcoming weeks. But, Jameson, how well do you think they have a shot if any, at the college football playoff right now after this loss? Well, we've seen, we have seen Jalen Hurts perform and perform and perform. We, I don't think we saw coming into the season how well Jalen Hurts was going to play. And he has played absolutely lights out football. Um, that Oklahoma team has been excellent. Um, they played a really, really good Texas team, and they blown the, blew them out. And... No one saw this Kansas State team um, beating this amazing, talented, Lincoln-Riley, Oklahoma Sooners football team. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. And it hurts because because now that they've lost, it's going to put in these perspectives and these questions. Will a one-loss team make it into the playoffs? And I don't think that a one-loss team – is going to make it. And, you know, there's always a lot of one-loss teams sometimes in the four and three um, three rank rankings uh, in the playoffs. But it's it's going to be it's even tougher this year. We've got a lot of undefeated teams that are playing really, really, really good football. And it, I think if we're going to have a one-loss team in the playoffs, I think it's going to be Alabama or, or LSU. It's got to be. Or yeah. um, George potentially if Georgia really works hard and puts a beating on everybody and wins in the SEC championship, uh, potentially Georgia. But I, I really don't see Georgia. And then losing to this Oklahoma, losing to this Kansas State team, just really um, I think I think that hurts their chances a lot. You know, that's, that's straight to s- statistics. So – um, Kansas State beating Oklahoma that hurts them a lot. Will they make it in? I, I don't see it happening. Uh, maybe if they lost to a really good Texas team, like they played a um, couple couple of weeks ago, but not losing this Kansas State team. I mean, I'm with you on the fact. I don't. I I do not think Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is done. They're they they don't have really a shot. If you look at their schedule, they've only had one big win all year, and that was uh, versus Texas yeah, back yeah. in September. But and Texas, that was a really good win. Really, it was good a good win, win at them, the yeah. t- at the time. But Texas is looking like one of the biggest duds of the year. They're not even in the top 25 in the rankings anymore. They're sitting at five and three, I believe. Yeah. So and I mean, Texas have played some big teams, but they're not able to win those big games, and so. That that makes Oklahoma look lesser just because they haven't played a really good team yet, and that's not their fault. But they do they have a big game in two weeks against number twelve Baylor, and if they can dominate that game, I even with that, I don't feel like they're going to have enough for the committee to put them in the top four. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't see it. That just doesn't either. look. I mean, Jalen Hurts, as you said, he's been playing he's been playing lights out all year. I, he's one of my Heisman favorites along with Joe Burrow right now. Tua was in that, but with this injury, I think that's going to degrade him down out of there. But Jalen Hurts is still playing at a Heisman level. Uh, Lincoln Riley's been very well with developing quarterbacks for the last couple of years. you got Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray winning the Heismans. So if they can go three in a row, they have a really good shot this year with Jalen Hurts. But, I mean, like I said, Oklahoma, it, it just this loss to Kansas State isn't forgivable in the eyes of this playoff committee. They're, they have no one else to play really except for Baylor. And even with that win, like I said, it's just not going to be enough. You're going to have a one-loss LSU or Alabama team 
going in there. You're going to have potentially an undefeated Ohio State. You have Penn State undefeated still lurking, as well as Clemson still there. So, and like, Penn State is going to have a tough one in a couple of weeks against Ohio State. Is that right? I think Penn State and Ohio State take on. They will um, clash, yeah. Uh, and I think it's in two or three weeks, and that's going to be a really big game, and that's going to, that's going to shock – or not really shock because somebody's got to lose, but – it's gonna, yeah, it's they, gonna they shake play up at the end the, of November. Uh, it will definitely shake it all up. But, um, yeah, that game will definitely be decided. The winner of that game, or the loser of that game, really will drop unless Ohio State finds their way to, like, a number one spot or something in the next couple yeah. of weeks. Um, but then you have the LSU-Alabama game, this uh, not this weekend, but the next weekend. And you'll have them most likely playing against each other again for the, the – or no, they won't, they won't be playing again, but one of those teams will be facing – the SEC East winner, which will probably be Georgia or Florida for that championship. So, I mean, you could potentially see, I mean, if LSU LSU and Auburn both being a one-loss team, and then, I mean, personally, I think they could both make the playoffs still, even with a one-loss, if they lose to Alabama in LSU's case, and they, then they might, they might lose to Georgia or Florida, they might still, if, a two, if they get two losses, there's no way, but if they get one loss, they lose Alabama, they win the SEC, they're definitely still in. So, with with that implication as well as Ohio State playing great, Clemson most likely going to go undefeated at least through yeah. conference play, win out in the ACC because they do that every year, and then you have Penn State still lurking there, currently eight and zero. Oklahoma, unless something happens where like three of those teams are able to lose out a game in like a really embarrassing fashion, Oklahoma is done. Yeah, um, Oklahoma is a really really good football team, and they have got a great quarterback. And now that we're talking about the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Hayden, let me ask you, does this hurt Jalen Hurts' chances on winning the Heisman? He has played lights out all year long. He has played a really, really good football, um, played really good football, and uh, he's had a really good playmakers around him. So, so Hayden, no. how, how does, how does Jalen Hurts win the Heisman? He went, After this loss, he wins the Heisman by playing the way he's been playing. I mean, even in this loss to Kansas State, he put up. He was nineteen for twenty-six. Uh, he put up f- almost five hundred total yards. He had four hundred and ninety-one total yards and four touchdowns, one passing, three rushing. I mean, he's been playing lights out. I mean, this is not. It's a completely different Jalen Hurts than the Her- Jalen Hurts we saw at Alabama. Um, he was still great at Alabama, but he is he's exceeded on another level, and that's I, I'm going to give that credit to Lincoln Riley and their coaching staff there in Oklahoma because I mean they were able to develop Baker Mayfield to a Heisman, Kyler Murray to a Heisman, and both of those teams didn't win the national championship, so they obviously finished the season with at least one loss. And if Oklahoma can win out and win a bowl game, they'll be doing the same thing. I mean, minus minus the resume of having a college football playoff appearance, but still, not all Heisman winners have to win the national championship. To be the to be a Heisman candidate and be a winner, so I think Jalen Hurts still has a great shot at the Heisman. He's competing with Joe Burrow mainly right now. I think those two those two guys are the front runners in my opinion. Tua Tua's out of it a bit, and Trevor Lawrence obviously, and then you have the Ohio State quarterback. But those two are the front runners right now. So he still had a great shot for Oklahoma to have a three-peat with their Heisman candidate. So I think this Kansas State loss doesn't mean anything in in the world of Jalen Hurts' Heisman. Yeah. And that's that's a really good point you made. Um, so we've been talking about Joe Burrow and LSU. LSU becomes the new number one, mm-hmm. and it's just so funny. I I don't I just don't I just don't understand this AP poll because Alabama wins by 
41 points. And they still drop. Clemson undefeated. Alabama undefeated. They have both dropped. Yes, you can argue their schedule, but I I, I don't understand what is going through the minds. I mean, it's got to be the schedule. It's got to be because, I mean, they're all winning, but you have Alabama blowing out an Arkansas team that I mentioned last week lost to a Kentucky team that played a quarterback or played a wide receiver quarterback and Arkansas is just the bottom feeders of the SEC and then you had the uh, you had LSU beat a really good Auburn team still that was that was top 10 albeit they only beat them by 3 in a 23 to really? 20 victory really it was a very very close game it was a close game but that's the only sense i mean LSU is the only team in the entire in the entire NCAA to have Three victories over top ten opponents. They did it against Texas when they were still ranked early in the year. Did it against Auburn. They did it against Florida. So LSU has the resume of a number one overall team. It's just you're you're you are right in the fact that Alabama was ahead of them already. Clemson as well. They were preseason number one. And although they keep winning, they're still dropping. So the only real variable in this whole situation is that LSU just has a better resume than those other teams. And I guess in the eyes of these poll makers, that is caused for them to be number one. I mean, even if LSU stayed at number two this week, that means they're playing number one Alabama next week. The winner of that game is going to be number one. There's, yeah. no, there's no question. Even the, lo- the winner of that game or the loser of that game will just either stay the way they are if LSU wins or they're just going to flip-flop. That will happen. Or Alab- if Alabama loses, they might go to three or four. If, but this if is LSU, my thinking, LSU this loses, is, they're staying in the top four. If... Let's let's talk about this LSU Alabama game. So if if it's a blowout, let's say if LSU blows out Alabama or Alabama blows out LSU, and it's probably a twenty to forty point range, mm-hmm. the, I think they the, I think they might drop to number four. One one of those teams are going to drop to number four. If it's a blowout, they could go to five yeah. behind Penn State. And and so. If it's a really close game, let's say if it's by a field goal or or something along that those lines, and I think I think they're still going to drop. I, I don't I don't think they're going to drop more than one or two positions, and I think they're still going to be in the top four. So two really good teams, and I, I don't think they're going to drop too far if it's a really close game. But if it's uh, a really bad game, you know, or LSU just gets spanked by Alabama, and um, if if two is back, I think I think if two is back and he's healthy, then it's going to be a lot different turnout than people are expecting. That, that's what I was about to say. There's a there's a real cause for concern of Tua not being available for this game still, and that that could completely flip the lines for this game if Alabama can beat LSU without Tua, yeah. or if LSU beats Alabama without Tua. You and, know, and, uh, is it as impressive of a victory? Yeah. And also, we we saw we saw this Saturday that LSU struggles against a really good defense. Auburn has a very very good front four and really good linebackers. They have a really good front seven in general. And we saw some weaknesses upon weak spots with the LSU in their offense. And so, I think if Bo Nix were to play of the potential that he has. I think, and he had a little bit more experience, I think that Auburn might have um, pulled it out. But we saw LSU go up against a really tough defense, and uh, Gus Malzahn and that defense really played a very, very good game. And we saw LSU and Joe Burrow struggle a little bit. And 
that's that's going to call that's going to with Clemson. Let's say if LSU does play Clemson, that's going to cause a lot of headaches for Joe Burrow and or Alabama. So I want to see LSU play a really good team that is playing their best game. And whenever we see that, we're going to see how good Joe Burrow is and this um, LSU team. And I think, I mean, personally for me, I think they've proved themselves to be. I mean, they're. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know that they're, they're a great team. You're not yeah. saying they're bad, but yeah. I mean, yeah, if you, they want to go out and get into, you're you're kind of implementing like them going to a shootout kind of yeah. game, like with an Ohio State offense or something. Yeah. yeah, certainly. I mean, but LSU's defense didn't play awful against Auburn either. I mean, they kept Auburn 20 points. They held them to like two straight three and outs, I believe, and then yeah. Auburn got the one touchdown off that motched punt. So that gave uh, that gave Auburn a short field, like a. 15 yard field or something but I mean yeah it's a thing LSU definitely we haven't seen them get into a shootout type game maybe the Florida game you could kind of do they won Florida they beat Florida by like 18 or something like that it was like 45 28 27 something like that but yeah so they'll definitely have to get in that thing but one more topic I want to get into that you mentioned is the Notre Dame fighting Irish getting obliterated by the Michigan Wolverines Uh, both of these teams are known for not winning the big games and Jim Harbaugh, as we said on the show before, is definitely not known for winning the big games. And he did come through and in a very, very impressive victory, 45-14. to 14. So what do you see for this Notre Dame, this Notre Dame uh, football team? Notre Dame. They're, they're done the in my The Fighting opinion. Irish. The team that Rudy played for. And, you know, last year and coming into this season, we thought – after Clemson beat this Notre Dame team, we thought they were a very, very good team, and they've got a lot of re- good recruits coming in this year and a little bit more experience on that Notre, Notre Dame team. There was a lot of high hopes for that team, and we have not seen them play to the level that we think they can. They can. Are they a... What's that word? What is the word? Elite? No, not elite. I can't even think of it. But they're not what we all expected them to be. I expected them to be a really big, and I said it at, at the very beginning of the season. I said, I said that I think that Notre Dame has a chance to be in the playoffs. I think I thought that, and they have clearly um, demolished those hopes. And you know, it's. I don't know what Brian Kelly has to do, but he's got to do something. He's got to change it up. And that Notre Dame team is struggling. I mean, losing to a very bad Michigan team um, definitely uh, is embarrassing, uh, to say the least. Yeah, those are two teams we always are questioning. But, I mean, I wasn't surprised by this outcome, really, because Notre Dame's had this history, especially under Brian Kelly, of just losing these big games. It's a similar hardball with Michigan situation. I mean, yeah, they lost, they lost number three Georgia early in the year in a shootout. It's another big game they couldn't completely finish through. You mentioned the Clemson game last year in the college football playoff. Beat got demolished thirty to three in that. And then also you look back to twenty thirteen when the Fighting Irish were ranked number one and played Alabama in the national championship game. They got beat by twenty eight in the national championship game, uh, forty two to fourteen to Nick Saban's uh, Alabama. So I mean, they they have a they they're known for these really embarrassing losses against big teams uh, whether that's Brian Kelly's fault or not this is his third loss this is their third loss under Brian Kelly of 30 points or more so 
they're, they're obviously known for this for this really bad defeat, but obviously they're going to have to have something going forward, whether it's a coaching change, if they want to get Urban Meyer, for say, who knows. But uh, it's always up there, so Notre Dame's going to have to make a, a big change really quick because if not, they're not going to have – recruits aren't going to want to go to Notre Dame just to be good. They want to go no. to Ohio State or somewhere to be great, but not just good like under – Notre Dame. Notre Dame really has to improve on a lot of levels. Their offense used to be spectacular. Their offense used to be really, really good. And so uh, I think we got to uh, take a look, and I think Brian Kelly needs to take a step back and do some rebuilding on that team because they have definitely shocked us in their poor performances this year. Uh, against these good teams they played Georgia very very poor performance and Michigan not a very good team and they've just um, killed all all hopes they had for mm-hmm. playoff and and stuff like that so we really got to play play football yes. uh, with the Notre Dame team so well, we are going to take a short, short break, and when we get back from the break, we will be talking NFL news with the uh, big trade line deadline, the big trade deadline that happened, and all the moves that came from that. So stay tuned, and we will be and right. We back are with back that. here at XLR Lander University Radio. You are listening to Off the Bench, your top top sports talk show. Uh, I am Hayden Joyner again, joined with my co-host Jamison Hartso, and we are now moving on to NFL news, and we have had. A, we had a big week with the NFL trade deadline coming up uh, this past Tuesday, and honestly, not a lot happened with the trade deadline. Kind of disappointing. Uh, last year, we had a bunch of moves with the Amari Cooper trade, and as well, we had we had the Amari Cooper trade last year, as well as the HaHa Clinton Dix. We had a lot of stuff going on, so we are going to be talking about the trade deadline with the NFL. But first, I'm going to we're going to quick talk about the MLB. Quick change topics, real quick. The MLB, the Nationals were able to force a Game 7 the other night against the Astros, and that Game 7 will be played tonight, uh, October 30th at 8 p.m., to decide the World Series champion for 2019. So definitely tune into that. We are excited for this game, and hopefully we have a good game Good game tonight. Uh, the other day we had a bit of a controversial ending, or controversial seventh inning with the uh, the Nationals and Astros game. So uh, hopefully we don't have any of that, any referee official uh, problems that we normally have a lot. So we'll see how this, we'll see how that kind of ends up playing, playing out tonight. So make sure to be tuned for that. But we are going to move in to the NFL news, and we had the trade deadline. Big news. One of the biggest trades was that Emmanuel Sanders uh, a couple of days ago went to the San Francisco 49ers, and this 49ers team, we saw them play this past Sunday, and they completely utterly dominated the Carolina Panthers but favorite team of uh, a lot of my friends so good to see that happen I get to root well, against you the are from sport. Rock Hill so I am from um, Rock Hill that so. is where the new practice or headquarters yes of the Panthers is moving to so you got a lot to work on there buddy I have a lot a lot of, <laughs> lot of friends down there and are up there really in Rock Hill cheering for the Carolina Panthers but I'm not a Panthers fan, and so I love to see them suffer a little bit. You know, so friendly I. suffer. So, but the 49ers destroyed them, 51 to 13, in a very big statement game. The Panthers were four and two coming into this game, and a lot of people were saying it was going to be a really good game. We had it on our game picks last week. Uh, we both picked the 49ers, so we were good on that. But it, it, it has people questioning right now. Uh, 
the the power rankings came out. The 49ers are still ranked number two behind the New England Patriots, but there has been the debate. Are the 49ers better than the Patriots? And both these teams are a little weak on the offensive side, but they are amazing on the defensive side, ranking one and two in a bunch of categories such as points per game, yards per game, things like that. So, Jameson, I'm going to ask you, do you think the 49ers are, at this stage of the season, better than the Patriots? Listen, Hayden, there is absolutely no question who is the best team in the National Football League right now. Right now, the New England Patriots has the best quarterback in the world right now on their team. They've got the best coach in all of football, maybe just NFL because some people will say Dabo Sweeney and Nick Satan. Uh, Nick, Nick oh, 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 I'm sorry, Saban. Saban, Saban. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, but the Bill Belichick and Tom Brady is unstoppable. They have, they are without a doubt in anyone's mind, should be, that the New England Patriots is the best team of college, of NFL. Mm-hmm. They are the best team. And, I, and there's absolutely no question. They have an unbelievable defense. That defense is playing lights out. We've they have shut out a lot of teams. Historic defense. And yes. And this team right now that's sitting eight and zero is unstoppable. You got Tom Brady. They just now picked up Mohamed Sanu, which is an outstanding wide receiver. You've got Julian Edelman. It's this team is so good. Tom Brady can do so much with so little, and that's the that's the thing that Jimmy Garoppolo is missing. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not that caliber of a of a quarterback um, to be able to compete with the Tom Brady. You know, he, he backed up Tom Brady. So, I mean, he's learning from the best. And there's a reason why he's not start, he did not start over Tom Brady because Tom Brady is the best. And there's a reason why he's traded. And so the Patriots, the New England Patriots, is the by far best team in the NFL. It's like this the, – the thing I see, like the problem with the Patriots, because, I mean – both these teams, in my mind, are really even. But I think the 49ers have a legitimate like argument here that they're the best team in the NFL. And the Patriots just haven't had that good schedule yet. If, I mean, they've, they, I mean, obviously in the AFC and the AFC East, you have really weak teams. You have the Jets, who are 1-7. You have the Dolphins, who are 0-8 or 0-7. I can't remember what they're, their bye they have not They have not won a game. But I know that. Yeah. I just don't know how many losses they have. But then they've been playing weak teams. They, had the, they played the Giants. They played the Browns. The toughest game the Patriots have played was against uh, the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills' defense is good. They held the Patriots' offense only 16 points. They still – Bills still lost 16-10. But, I mean, still – the 49ers have played a much better schedule. They beat the Rams, and they beat, like I just said, the Panthers. Uh, and the Panthers were led, I mean, yeah, they're being led by a backup quarterback, but that backup quarterback was still playing really good the past four weeks in replacement of Cam Newton. Uh, if you know Field Yates, he is a, he's an ESPN reporter, insider. He tw- he, if you, I don't know if you saw this, he made a tweet saying how Kyle Allen has the third most passing attempts without an interception to begin a career. He was He's behind uh, P- Dak Prescott and Tom Brady. He tweeted that out, but then after the game, Richard Sherman replied to that tweet with just LMAO. So the 49ers are obviously carrying a bunch of confidence after they dominated those Panthers. And the 49ers are playing right now like they have the best defense in the NFL and the best team in the NFL, which they do. I mean, if you, uh, in defensive leaders right now and like the top defense in the league, the 49ers are ranked number one. 
uh, stat-wise for yards per game, only allowing 224 yards per game. So there are definitely no chumps when it comes to the defenses out of the ball. And as for their offense, they have a you can't deny this, they have a much better or complete offense than the, the Patriots do. Uh, I mean, they're the uh, – the 49ers coach with Kyle Shanahan, that new coach, he is running that young offensive mind that he has off the charts. He is well, creating scheme plays for that whole team. The thing about Kyle Shanahan, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, Kyle Shanahan is not going to give Jimmy Garoppolo the reins of that offense. Jimmy Garoppolo wants to be able to have that freedom and be able to make checks here and there and be able to, be able to switch plays whenever he sees it. Um, uh, a weird front for the defense. But Kyle Shanahan is too scared, and I don't think he fully trusts Jimmy Garoppolo yet to be able to make those type of adjustments like like the Tom Brady and like um, the Eli Manning did. And so that's the thing that Jimmy Garoppolo and that 49ers offense is lacking. Kyle Shanahan is completely, and it's just like the Rams, Kyle, um, like Sean McVay, he's, He's too scared to let Jared Goff go. And so that's the thing. Tom Brady runs that offense. He is basically the offensive coordinator. Um, and so that's the thing. And the, and the other thing, the Patriots, they have the Ravens coming up this Sunday night. Next week, they have the Eagles. The Eagles can always pull up an upset no matter when you, whenever, whenever, no matter when you want it. You got the Cowboys. Cowboys is an okay team. They're not. They're not the best. They're not the worst, but they're they're right there in the middle. Then you've got a very very good Texans led by the Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson and that te- Houston Texans team is a very very good team so far. And then you're going to have the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs, if they have Patrick Mahomes, is going to be a very very tough challenge for the Patriots. But Again, they don't have that weak schedule like everybody thinks it is. They just don't have got to. They're very, very tough teams. Um, but that Patriots is outstanding. And Tom Brady can do more with a grain of sand than Jimmy Garoppolo can do with a diamond. Well, like I mean, I, I'll go on this. Jimmy Garoppolo obviously isn't a championship-caliber quarterback. He's not, he's not the elite guys like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. He's a game manager guy. But it doesn't, you don't have to be great when your team around you is great as well and you have a great coach running that team. Uh, you, they're, well, the, Bill Belichick is a very, very good coach. Yeah, I know, and Tom <laughs> Brady is a good quarterback, but the team around, the offensive side at least, isn't that great. And it, but they're able to make it work because they have a great coach, great quarterback. The 49ers are able to make it work because they have, they have great scheming, great coaches, and they have great young players right now. Uh, those running backs, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, Matt Breida's been banged up, but Tevin Coleman, Coleman went, has been very, Coleman very good. Coleman lights out last week he against is. the Panthers, and the 49ers, they rushed for 232 yards against yep. the against the Panthers. The Patriots could not say that. They haven't done that once this year. Well, they don't, they, they don't need to. They don't need to. They just need to. They just need to give the ball to Tom Brady and let him put some magic on that football. Well, the, the 49ers don't need to throw the ball because they can just give the ball to the running backs all over. <laughs> so each team has their strengths and weaknesses here. They uh, do. But I mean. It, I'm losing my words, but you said you said the Patriots they they are definitely getting into their tougher part of the schedule. You're right, but what I, what I was saying is that so far they've played a weak schedule, so it's kind of skewed their stats a little bit. Once they get into the tougher games, we'll see how it is. It's similar to how the Cowboys were early in the season. They played those first three games and dominated. Everyone was like, "Oh, put them at the top of the NFL, number three in the power rankings, everywhere like that." 
but then they fell three straight games. So we kind of got a better look at who they are. That's kind of how the Patriots are right now. They're playing weak teams, uh, and then as soon as they get into the, the, the good teams, we'll learn who they are. They could be amazing. We just don't know yet. Their defense is amazing. Their offense is what worries me. Um, but, I mean, it's not like the 49ers aren't going into a tough stretch of their season either. The 49ers have so far played a tougher schedule than the Patriots because they, they had to go uh, on the road to L.A. and where they dominated the Rams. They had to beat the Panthers, like I said. So those are two key wins that the Patriots definitely don't have. And the 49ers still have to play the Seahawks twice. They have to play the Rams again. They have to play the Saints, the Packers, so and the Ravens. They have to go to Baltimore to play the Ravens. So it's not like the 49ers are playing a, an easy, crappy schedule either. So these two teams are definitely neck and neck down this line. But as an overall team, I do believe the 49ers are better. Uh, via stats, like uh, the top the top offenses and defense in the league per yards per game, which is the main metric for measuring the top offenses and defenses, there are only three teams in the top ten of the offensive and defensive sides. Could you you think you can name all three? Because one, you don't think so? No, no. One of the teams is the one of the ones we're talking about right now. Yeah, the Pats. It ain't the Pats. 49ers. It's the 49ers, the Vikings, and the Cowboys. And so the Pats aren't in that. The Pats do not have a top 10 defense or a top 10 offense. They definitely have a top 10 defense. They're number two in defense. But their offensive ranking is not top 10. They're more in the middle of the pack when it comes to the league. They are sitting at, right now... 15th, they don't have numbers fine, but 15, they're sitting at 15th, right around the Chargers and the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are ranked at, they've, the Buccaneers have more yards per game than the Patriots have offensive-wise. So, they did pick up Mohamed Sanu, that's a good a good addition, but Josh Josh Gordon's having their whole issues, he's not known for the whole season. Antonio Brown went away weeks ago. So, they don't have, like, the best weapons. They have Julian Edelman, that's really it. Sonny Michelle at running back, he hasn't had a great year that he normally has. But, I mean, it doesn't matter really with Bill Belichick. He can work those around, but the 49ers have just been able to do more with the offensive weapons that they have. But but the thing is, their first game they played this year, 49ers at the Buccaneers, 31 to 17. You know, that was a pretty good, you know, pretty good deficit, but I mean, really not spectacular. 49ers at Bengals. Two these are these are two very very bad teams. 41 to 17. Okay, 10 points then last. They struggled against a game versus the Steelers, twenty to twenty-four. The Browns at the Forty Niners, a very, very bad forty, uh, very, very bad Browns team. They played them. Their one really good team that they've played is the Rams, and the Rams are not spectacular. They went to the Super Bowl last year, but this year is completely different. They played the Redskins and they beat them nine to zero. If they've got this offense like you say they have, and they've got the spectacular offense. Why did they only put up nine points against the they, Redskins? They played that game in a monsoon. You saw the pictures with the, they were sliding around. The, the field was the field was a and the like Panthers. A slip and slide. The Panthers are bad. I, I don't they're care. Not I don't. Bad. I don't care who they're comes at. They're not bad. They're they're okay. They're not horrible, but they're not they're not the spectacular. They don't they don't really have a good defense. Their offense is just iffy, and so I think they're gonna get a good test this coming weekend. Or t- tomorrow against the Cardinals, I think the Cardinals can put up a fight, and the forty nine um, Kyler Murray, and then next Monday, so not this coming Monday, but the next, you've got they've got the Seahawks at home in uh, at Santa Clara. Then you're gonna have the Cardinals again, 
And so then you got the Packers, very, very good Packers team. Then you've got the Ravens. Then you've got the Saints, which Drew, B- Drew Brees is back. You've got the Falcons not playing very, very good football either. Then you got the Rams again, and then the Seahawks. So it's going to be really tough to see. I'm excited to see how will the 49ers play whenever they get to these tougher teams. Yeah, and, and likewise with the Patriots. They're getting to the tougher teams. It's going to be a real shootout down the line because we have these tougher schedules coming up. And hopefully they right now they're on pace to both be number one seeds in their, in their respective divisions. So hopefully we get to see a, a, a 49ers-Patriots Super Bowl and we could finish, finish this debate once and for all once that happens. <laughs> but we are near the end of the show. We have very little time left, so... We are going to move into game picks that we do every week. We uh, we went a little over time with the uh, this debate, but I think it was good. So we'll go into the game picks. We have a bunch of g- five games this week. And so, Jameson, I'm going to start off with you. The Bears and the Eagles, two struggling teams. The Bears come off a bad loss. Eagles come off a really, really good win against the Bills. So who do you see win this game in Philadelphia? I see the Eagles. I see the Eagles going to rebound from this Bills win. And the Bears are just poor. They're just... They're really not playing to the level that anybody think they are. So I think I'm gonna pick the Eagles. All right, we have next. We have a, probably one of the games of the week. One of the ones I'm looking forward to. We have the Minnesota Vikings at the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs here. I think they've got a, a good a good offense. You know, I think Matt Moore is gonna get finally a little bit more comfortable. And I don't know the status on uh, Patrick Mahomes, but I think that the Matt Moore and Tyreek Hill and that uh, for uh, that. Chiefs defense is going to rebuild this week in practice, and the Chiefs are going to pull it off. All right, uh, possible and upset alert game here. We have the Lions and the Raiders. Playing. I'm going to take the Raiders here. You know, I'm just going to go out on the, on a limb, and I'm going to pick the Raiders and Derek Carr and uh, and uh, what's it? Uh, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, no, you're thinking of no uh, the coach, the coach. Oh, John Gruden. Yeah, John yeah. Gruden. There we go. I know it's Jay. <laughs> One of <laughs> but, the Gruden's. Uh, uh, I think John Gruden and Derek Carr is going to pull this one out in a close one. All right. Uh, next, we have the Browns and the Buccan or not Buccaneers, the Broncos. All the B teams here. Uh, you know, I'm going to take the um, the Browns here. Broncos are just bad. They're really bad. Joe Flacco is not playing good. Their their fan base is not a not a fan of Joe Flacco right now because they're just playing bad. So I'm going to take the Browns, but I think it's going to be a close one as well. Two very bad teams. All right, and last game, the game of the week to me, it's the Patriots visiting the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, it's going to be a really good one. It's going to be the it's going to be prime time. It's on the it's the NBC game at eight twenty, and uh, the Patriots are going to pull it out. Uh, like I said, they're the best team in the NFL, and Tom Brady and that NFL and that uh, Patriots offense is going to lead the way, and that defense is going to give. Um, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, a really big challenge, and I'm excited for that one. All right. So switch it back to me. I'll make my game picks real, real quick here. Let's hear it. Browns at Eagles. Uh, Bears, Eagles. Excuse it. Oh, I'm but, sorry. Oh, I'm you're sorry. Good. Bears, you're good. Bears. Uh, yeah. As much as I hate to say it, I'm going to go with the Eagles here. The The Bears are just struggling so much. Uh, Matt Nagy and the play calling just has not been good. Even they got to get a kicker, too. Kicker cost in that game against L.A., so Mitch Trubisky's been struggling real bad. He potentially, I want him benched for Chase Daniels. I think Chase Daniels gives him a much better chance to win. But the Eagles are always really good when their backs are against the wall, and they are currently in that situation, uh, trailing the Cowboys by half a game. Nice pick, division. nice pick. So I'm going with the Eagles here. Vikings at the Chiefs. 
Um, I'm going to go with the Vikings again. Uh, the Packers led a really good game plan to defeat the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs got off to a good start. I think the Vikings are going to do well again. Plus, this game is at 1 p.m. We all know how good 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins is. If it's pri- if it's not prime time, if it's just a regular programming, Kirk Cousins is amazing. So I, I trust Cousins here in this game, and I'm going to go with the Vikings. to do- Lions at the Raiders. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Uh, I talked early in the year about the Lions being really good, but they've 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 been going downhill a bit. Uh, the Raiders are a really confident team right now. They didn't we didn't really see them being as good as they are, and they are definitely exceeding expectations for some people. Josh Jacobs is playing really good, and uh, Derek Carr as well. So I'm going to go with the Raiders here. Browns at Broncos. I'm going to go with the Browns here. Uh, the Broncos, uh, like you said, with Joe Flacco, he's been struggling. The they are making the Broncos are making a quarterback change here. They're having Brandon Allen start this game against the Browns, so that is just going to shake up the whole offense with the Broncos. And unless they are com- able to completely flip the script on their offense this year, I think the Browns should get a uh, a bounce back game off of the, after that awful defeat against the Patriots. And then you get the best team in the NFL versus the Ravens. I'm going to go with the Patriots here, but if I was betting against the spread, I'd go against I go with the Ravens here. Um, the Patriots are. One of the best teams in the, in the NFL. One or two, we don't know yet. The but best. It's Aiden, at the Ravens it. in prime time. I, comp- I trust Tom Brady in prime time more than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's only had about 17, 16 career starts. So I trust uh, the Patriots here and Bill Belichick in prime time. They just got to find a way to stop Lamar Jackson in that rushing offense, force him to throw the ball, and that Patriots sec- secondary will take care of the rest. So that is going to be it for Off the Bench here at XLR Lander University Radio. Again, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Off the Bench XLR to get more video clips from the show as well as quotes, more tidbits, and announcements regarding our uh, our times and our podcast scheduling. So, yeah, so hopefully y'all enjoyed. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, stay off the bench and stay in the game. Thank you. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price, just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. Ba-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's.